What's going on, everyone? Today is March 27th, 6.20 p.m., and I'm very excited for this one. Um, I'm with a guest who I haven't talked to in a while, but we were just catching up before we started this, and I'm really happy because solid dude, solid life, really authentic, really open, and I love it. Um, so I'm really happy to have my friend Ariel on the podcast today. What's up, man? Not much, man. Good to catch up. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to, and I'm excited to you know have a nice little chat over here for this little time period. So as I always start off, whenever I have a guest on, I, I want to, you know, go through their origin story. So what I always say is, you know, if someone's going to write a comic book about you, what would be like the significant events that would be in that comic book, which would introduce your character? Okay. So I was born in the Philippines, probably stayed there till I was six or seven. I always mess the time up, but, uh, yeah. So then I moved to California first. Um, it was just me, my two sisters and my mom. Uh, we moved in with my grandma, Mm -hmm. my, my grandpa, and then, uh, my mom's t- three brothers so we were all in this tiny house in california we lived there for about i want to say about a year and then we moved to northern virginia manassas if you would even count that as yeah, yeah sure but um and we stayed there in a, in a townhouse all of us again um for about i want to say six months and then i moved down to newport news mm-hmm. where we finally settled um with all of us still yeah um so yeah, that's that's pretty much where we started in America. Um, yeah, stayed over there. Yeah, that's cool. And how old were you when you moved from Cali? I want to say, because when I got to here, uh, I went into first grade. And I think we started first grade like seven. Yeah, like so six I want to say like seven, six yeah. or seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. And um, what was that like? Do you remember like what that transition was like? Yeah. Um, so in Cali, I do remember like not knowing how to speak English, yeah. uh, having to learn that. Um, I was super shy. Um, but I had this one friend, uh, our neighbor, like we would literally play like, it would literally be like a board, like a mm-hmm. fence. Yeah. And we would just, he would just toss me like some dinosaurs. <laughs> this is like little Mexican boy. Like we didn't, yeah, that's neither awesome. of us spoke English and yeah. we would just be like playing there, dude. Like just not talking and just like interacting. So that was cool. And then uh, moving to... Manassas, that was uh, another experience. I don't really remember going to school, to be mm. honest, but uh, I remember meeting a lot of new people and then starting to learn English. Um, and then when we finally moved down to Newport News, that's when I really got established in the school and started yeah. learning uh, how to speak English, like proper grammar, like all the different words. Um, so yeah, that was mostly it. I remember having a hard time adjusting. I was really like, a mama's boy, dude. Like, I, whenever my mom would drop me off, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'd, I'd start to get sad, dude. Like, why'd you leave me here? But yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And it's weird because now, like, you literally have zero accent. Oh, yeah. I get that all the time. They're like, dude, were you born here? No. Yeah. Yeah, which is weird because if, like, you're saying, like, you had this tough time, like, adapting with language and it seems to, like, have clicked. Yeah. I remember this one time I was trying to ask for a book, and I was just saying it in my language, too. I could <laughs> yeah, not yeah. get the words to come out. Uh-huh. What, what do you think were the important parts of you being able to, like, transition and, like, fully, I guess, assimilate, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I don't know. Like, my family, which is, I guess, kind of random or, like, not common, is uh, my family really took up, like, the American culture and, like, mm-hmm. the traditions and stuff like we do think thanksgiving like all that stuff and even with filipino culture like a lot of the holidays are pretty much the same like christmas is a really big deal yeah. so i think that was 
great. And then I, I was to public school, so um, I think I was even put maybe into a speech program to help mm-hmm. yeah. um, with English as a second language, maybe something like that back in the day. So that was super helpful. But yeah, I think also being at an early age, like kindergarten, first grade, really helped out because if I was any later, I'd probably have a crazy accent right now. Yeah, because a lot of people could see you as being more behind. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. And were there any like friends you made or certain relationships you had when you were younger, which I think were really important to helping you transition? Oh, yeah. So like I said, I came in first grade and first person I met, which is still my best friend today, which is absolutely insane. His name was... uh. Terrence Everett he's a twin and so we were in the same first grade class and this dude just started talking to me and he's the exact same person now he just starts talking to me and dude I was so I was so shy so scared of everything because everybody had I think I came in the middle of the year too mm. and so I was already behind people had already made friends yeah even though this is first grade you know mm. like I'm the new kid in the class and uh yeah he was just welcoming like dude I just remember being friends with him first grade second grade and then I think second grade was when I met his twin brother Terry which mm-hmm. I'm still super good friends with now yeah and so we went through middle school together high school together unfortunately we didn't go through college together but oh, yeah. we still keep in contact and that was that was them two probably really made a great impact yeah that's really cool um yeah because like for me like where I grew up like I was never with anyone who was going through something like that or I was never close to anyone like that or I was never like thinking about it um mostly just because like I grew up in like Whitesboro New York you know like the whitest place on earth yeah um but yeah that's that's really interesting and what was the transition like for your siblings so they I think it might have been a lot easier for them also because they they were super young my mm-hmm. middle sister is two years younger than me and then um my little sister was born in Cal. My youngest sister was born in California in two thousand two. Okay. okay. So, um, yeah. So they, my grandparents and parents, uh, they still wanted us to learn Tagalog. Like I could speak fluent Tagalog. Mm-hmm. Um, my middle sister probably can, but she has like a hard time, or even like, probably has like an accent now sure. when she tries to speak it. Um, and then my youngest one, I- I'd like to think she still can, but they we all can understand it. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Um, but I think they probably chose to speak English better mm-hmm. because it was like the path of least resistance. And yeah. That was easier for them, but they made it like a pretty easy adjustment. Yeah. And did your mom and grandparents speak English when you came over? So, um, English is pretty popular in the Philippines. I think it's probably like the second yeah. most known yeah, language. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, but even then, and even now they still have, you know, trouble sometimes pronouncing certain words mm-hmm. or like. Uh, miss saying a specific word yeah. um but i think enough to get by mm-hmm. I, I feel like my mom had to learn and my grandma had to learn mm-hmm. definitely but yeah enough to get by yeah and um what sort of things have you done to kind of maintain that touch with filipino culture when you've been here All right so to me i did when i was younger i like honestly did not like to speak my language mm-hmm. because I would always feel like I was being stared at or like w- people were just like looking at me and wondering like what was I was saying and you know back in the day like you know especially with like Asians everyone was just like oh why are you speaking Chinese yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not speaking Chinese uh-huh. but now that I've gotten older like I, I try to speak especially to my parents Tagalog or yeah. like friends who I, mm-hmm. who I know speak Tagalog we still do um our, our traditions um 
and those are very important and we keep those especially in the house and uh yeah so we just we we honestly just keep doing the stuff in the philippines that we did in the philippines here mm -hmm. and then now being part of in college being a part of uh a filipino club yeah. is very helpful and i get to um advertise it and show it to people who aren't even filipino and, mm -hmm. and they get really into it so i feel like i've reconnected recent more re in more recent years yeah because high school I, I definitely felt like i was drifting farther away from it but more recent years being a part of the club with a bunch of different people even filipinos mm -hmm. has really like kind of reconnected me yeah and what have been your favorite things from filipino culture to share with other people who don't know much about it right so um i want to say so, so probably some like manners that we have is like when we talk to elders we always say <clears throat> Uh, po at the end of the sentence, which is kind of like sir, ma'am. Mm -hmm. So anybody older than you, you would you would say that at the end of the sentence, kind of show your respect. Uh, whenever we um, first get back in the house, uh, we do this little thing where we like take their the back of their their hand and like push it up against our our head. And it's called like a like a bless, and so that's like I guess receiving their blessing or giving. Yeah, yeah. I don't really know yeah, yeah, yeah. to be honest, mm -hmm. but it's just like also another sign of respect. So I do that no matter what, you know, like. Uh, we do it after church. Um, religion's a big thing in the Philippines, so we go to church on Sundays. Um, Christmas is massive at my house. Like, dude, my yard is like disgusting <laughs> during during that time. So, so yeah, that's a pretty big deal. Um, Filipino food is definitely a great way that I've been able to share it with mm, other people because, yeah. um, you know, there are people who Filipinos that don't like. Filipino food anymore like don't eat rice every day yeah, but dude yeah. it, I have to have it <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. Awesome. so definitely when I get back home dude it's it's like getting back to the culture because I don't eat mm -hmm. Filipino food that much over yeah. here so mm -hmm. yeah and what are your favorite foods so I like I mean there's like the normal I would say stereotypical adobo yeah. that most Filipinos know but my favorite dish would probably be uh this thing called sinigang which is like whatever whenever I would be sick my, my grandma would make that for me and it's kind of, I don't know how you guys, most people would take it, but, like, it's pretty sour. And, like, my mom was like, you got to be careful when you, like, advertise this to other people because it's sour <laughs> and we like it. But most yeah. people probably Most people like, don't like this. <laughs> yeah. So it's because it's like a sour stew type yeah, thing. Yeah. But, it, dude, I always felt so much better after that. And, and there's so many different ways to make it. Same thing with, with adobo. So those are probably my two favorite dishes. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And I guess to jump to, like jump from culture to a related topic um you've traveled traveled a little bit and you were just telling me that you went pretty frequently back to the philippines when when you were younger to visit and stuff um so where have you been and what have you done in the places you've been right so yeah in the philippines uh like i told you earlier we, we would go back every year to see my dad um and so usually we'd visit baguio which is on which, which is where i'm from where uh it's actually I call it the mountains. Like if, mm -hmm. I, if somebody asks me, I'm, I'm from the mountains, because it, it, it's probably it's called the summer capital of the Philippines because it's it's like the coolest place you could be, mm -hmm. like weather wise. Because in the morning it's it's cold, like you you need like a jacket, <laughs> and then it heats up over the day. But um, yeah. So that we went there a lot. I would see like my childhood places. I would go to like the park, the church, all that stuff. Um, we would go down to where my mom's from, which is kind of like in the valley of the mountains, uh, called Pampanga, and see like where my grandma was from see like my cousins which we would see my cousins in Baguio and there um so yeah we didn't really we didn't really vacation much besides those places we would just visit family most of the time sure 
uh, but like this past summer I uh, went with my girlfriend Brenna and uh, she got to meet my dad and we got to visit those places too but then we went on places that I, I know even I my mom has never been never been in um so that's cool we got to go to the beaches that are like super popular now and getting popular mm. um got to go like island hopping and, and that was pretty cool just to get it on like photo and video yeah yeah and like what have been you know some of like the most meaningful and impactful experiences you've ha- had from whether it be traveling to the philippines or elsewhere right so I've been to a lot of places on the East Coast, been to California uh, and like Arizona on the West Coast, um, and then recently Hawaii, um, and lots of the Caribbean. Um, and I would say the most meaningful impacts I've got from there is just uh, the people that I get to interact with. Because from the Philippines, I would say a big thing is I got is culture shock when I went, I want to say in high school, because the memories I had were there, because we, we stopped going yearly around like fifth grade and so I had just like you know memories of like great times yeah. and that but then going back and having a little bit more understanding of like you know the issues that we have in the world poverty stuff like that mm-hmm. and it was crazy to actually see it and like understand it so that was like a big culture shock and like stuff that we wouldn't really think about like I know my cousins I asked my mom I was like are they ever going to be able to drive because that's when I, I think we went because I had just gotten my license I was like oh are they ever going to experience driving and my mom was like probably not and like, and like that was just crazy to me I was like mm-hmm. like we take that for granted some of us we hate driving and it's just like they'll, they'll never experience that yeah. so or even get close to like owning or using a motor yeah exactly because you know that's that's pretty hard to have over there if you have a car <laughs> like you're pretty well off yeah yeah, so in those travels and stuff and, like, seeing everything, um, you've told me that you've, like, gotten into photo and video. So, um, I mean, being in all those places, I'm sure you get some cool photos and videos. But, like, what were the starts of that? What drew you to that? Yeah, so I, when you, when you like, initially asked me this, I had to really think about it. Like, I even had to write it down. Because mm-hmm. um, I guess when I first started getting really into photo and video was, um, you know, of course we see, like, these incredible photos that professional photographers take and to me I was just like wow like those are amazing places like let me try to take photos and um, I would say that's where I initially started getting into photos and then um, I remember my mom getting her first uh, DSLR and I was like whoa like you could take the lens off (laughs) like that's cool I was like wow like this is professional like even not even knowing like if this was like a professional camera and like and then video like I remember getting a GoPro for Christmas for uh, right before a trip to like the Caribbean I think and so I would say that's where my origins in photo and video started um, I didn't really start getting int- uh, really serious about it until I want to say sophomore year of college and that's when uh, a lot of people started uh, there's like YouTube was big and a lot of YouTubers like Casey Neistat and Stan Coulter started really like um, inspiring me to, mm-hmm. to have not only like nice aesthetic shots but also like a good story because like like literally like Casey and I said he when he vlogged every day like he would literally just be telling us about his day but yeah then everybody his, his would be yeah everybody would be so interested and then it was it was and then Sam Coder came in and travel videos which is where I've, I've kind of gravitated to is just like the way he can show like the places with all the different transitions it's just like it's like an experience itself in watching the video so I was like wow like I'd love to recreate that so, and then I guess moving from then, 
from there, uh, it started being more of like uh, me trying it out, me me trying it out thing, and then so I got my first drone. It was probably like the entry entry is level drone you could yeah, have had, yeah, yeah. and um, I was just making drone videos. I didn't even have like my own camera, and then uh, people started like like noticing that, and so I was like, wow, like maybe I'm good at this. Like maybe it's something I should explore. Um, so then. Uh, in my organization of uh, Filipino Americans at Madison, it was towards the end of the year. We always do a senior video. Um, and so I kind of like stepped up to make the senior video because usually what we do is we just have, you know, people send in funny clips of the year mm-hmm. um, of the seniors. And I, I kind of wanted to go a different direction. I was like, maybe if we can, you know, show what these people do, like what their interests are, uh, maybe we can, I could do something better, maybe something like, um, just like a story of who our seniors are and so I even I'm not even I didn't even use my camera I had a friend uh, Nate whose camera I used for like an entire month which was like <laughs> awesome I was like yeah. dude I don't know who I'd let borrow my camera for a month but uh he let me bar- borrow it for a month and I just shot as much as I ca- could and tried to tell a story and I was able to create something really good and uh from there I just went on you know decided to learn more of the aspects of filming and photography um, just really dove into it because I guess it really sparked my interest and I, I just really had to learn more and then it, I guess it started going to more of like the aesthetics like oh what can I make my my photos and video look better and then just like snowballed from there mm-hmm. yeah it's really cool and and like what would have been some of the the coolest experience or like most interesting things that you've gotten out of diving into photo and video and going along this path right so i've i've met like a ton of people like ranging from like um rap artists who want me to shoot a video for them i've met like awesome couples who i've gotten the opportunity to shoot proposals mm-hmm. for um gotten to go um to different places which is i think what it pulls a lot of people's attention especially with the travel videos nowadays so those i just want just like experience is like a big thing that i've i've got from the different experiences and working with a bunch of different people and it's just like awesome to see where uh people's passion whether it be for music or like for somebody else or just even where they live is awesome to see and then like uh if i'm able to try to capture it and then tell a story in my own way i feel like that's like the best part yeah that's really cool and how did you go about like growing this for yourself right so um wait what do you mean like like how do you how did you go about like being able to like get these opportunities so when basically what i'm trying to ask is how did you go about you know growing a brand for yourself Mm -hmm. for other people to be like oh i want ariel to do my pictures or i want ariel to do these things for me or i like ariel's photos and videos okay yeah so i would say at first i actually had to find like what my brand was Mm -hmm. because uh what i did which i think isn't a bad way to do it um is I try to really copy like Sam Coulter's stuff or mm-hmm. like uh, Casey Neistat stuff or or uh, photographer stuff and through that I kind of figured out my own style by you know because through that I was learning like how to use the software, um, what edits I liked, what techniques I liked, and through that I was able to to learn a lot of stuff and then I could go on and do like my own type of stuff, um, and so then I started branching away from like the mainstream things like overusing transition and stuff like that so i think that's what i started to do i started to focus more on like what the person wanted and then 
um, what they really wanted to convey, and I think that's what really got people to to like hit me up at least. And so um, the way I started is I, I literally just like reached out to people. I reached out to a lot of different businesses, like small businesses, mm-hmm. and asked you know if I could film something short for them. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I, have, I have friends who. Uh, the proposal I did, I have I had a friend working in North Carolina for mm. Kitty Hawk Heights, and somebody called. They were like, "Hey, like, do you guys rent out drones? I'm trying to like propose to my girlfriend. I'd love a drone shot." And she contacted me and showed him some of my work, and and uh, so he we talked and we planned something out and we got to do it. That was really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. And how long have you have you been doing it now? Um, so not that long. I would I would started sophomore year did that video at the end of sophomore year and then junior year um that's when i really started getting a lot of paid mm-hmm. uh clients yeah. and and gigs so i would say probably like two years yeah that's really cool yeah and like what have been like some of the most meaningful parts of that process for you so what do you look back on and say wow like that was really rewarding yeah so i think the most meaningful part for me is that I taught myself how to do it um so i just learned through like youtube and mm-hmm. tutorials through that and then also through experiencing it on my own and i have i know a lot of people who are like dude i thought you were like a smad major <laughs> like yeah. no i'm a health science major i just happen to <laughs> be good at picking yeah, up a camera and, yeah. and taking video so um but going through that experience i think is really good a lot of people um are i guess afraid to dive into it i mean i was too um, and even when I was pretty much adjusted to this one software called like Final Cut Pro, I, I decided to like switch over to Premiere Pro and, mm-hmm. um, so I guess just like being able to, to jump to new experiences and, and really try and figure it out by myself was, was probably like the most rewarding part. Yeah, that's awesome. And where do you hope that takes you? If you hope it takes you somewhere. Right. So I'm kind of like in the middle cause, uh, like I said, I'm a health science major and I have a job in, in that sort of field. Um, but personally, I think it, uh, I would love to keep seeing new places, keep meeting new people. Cause like I had somebody follow me the other day. She's like the youngest person to go to like all the countries in the world. And I was like, Dude. Oh wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Man. I was like, how many countries are there? There's like 195 <laughs> countries. Yeah. I was like, Dude, that'd be amazing just to see the world. Um, just keep meeting new people. Like in Hawaii, dude, I felt like I was in a whole different country and, I was still within the 50th United States, yeah, yeah. so, uh, but that'd be really cool. I've always, you know, joked around like, hey, if I become big in like <laughs> YouTube or like yeah. something like that, um, mm. I'd quit my day job, but I would say I, I, I've i had like a problem in the past where, uh, like I said, I want to say like my junior year, I started getting a lot of paid gigs and stuff like that, so, but I started to like stray away from like what I wanted to do and I was just doing stuff for the money mm-hmm. and so because of that I like legit stopped doing photo and video for a good four months or something like well, that because yeah. I was just like I, I don't know if this is really what I want to do like I'm not enjoying my time anymore so I just stopped and then I kind of like just re really evaluated like whether I wanted to continue on with it or not because I just felt like I was just doing the same thing over again but um I think from like my aspirations now is to just continue doing stuff that I like. Um, if I get paid for it, that that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, because that's that's like the main reason why I started it because I enjoyed it. I I love going to the places, meeting the people. So yeah, if I could continue to do that, that'd be great. 
Yeah, that's cool. And uh, one of the last questions I do want to ask you is, like, what makes a great photographer or a great videographer? That's a, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of people will tell you that it's somebody who could tell you a story, like I said earlier. Um, so that's, I think, an important aspect that somebody who wants to be a photographer, because even with, with photography, um, with just one image, you could tell a lot of stuff. Videography, story is very important. But I would say someone who, like I said earlier, um, is is down to do new things, um, not really stay with what everyone's doing because that's kind of what I've been having trouble with. Um, is like I've been, I've kind of figured out how to do things, and um, you know the people, especially in the video industry and photo industry, they they get famous for doing stuff that not everyone does yeah. and then then it becomes mainstream and then you know it's a whole different cycle but i think if you can adjust and then uh try new things i think that that's what makes a great photographer like gear gear is one thing but you know if you can't do that if you can't tell a story then it's not really much point yeah no it's that's a really good point and um to close out what what fulfills you most in life Dude, you're just on good questions today. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm thinking about this. I would say it'd be experiences and people uh, that work kind of like hand in hand. So um, in traveling and, and doing video and photos, like I've gotten the chance to have a lot of experiences, like going to different places, meeting a bunch of people. And then with, with that, um, I feel like it gives me uh, a lot of knowledge um, and what to do in certain situations situations or just increase knowledge and like you know like oh what's it this place and stuff like that and yeah. so then i could take that knowledge over to people and then um i would say like whenever the two most times that i get like the happiest feeling like oh like that was that was great is like after mm -hmm. trips because i get to think back like wow like i actually got to visit that like yeah. i said in hawaii like i was like mm -hmm. wow like this is like this is america still yeah um and then people like if I could help out somebody, um, just even by just talking to them and then them saying like, wow, like, thank you. Like that really helped me out. Like, I feel like that's what fulfills me the most. Um, yeah, just being really, being able to help people, uh, learning through experience and then kind of just like mixing the two together. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Um, all of what you said is really noble. And the thing that I'll say resonated with me the most is when you're talking about stepping away from photo video, like that that's something that I think everyone can learn from. Like if you're doing something and you just feel like you're doing it for the money or for these like extrinsic reasons instead of like for your love for it and for the, the joy and the meaning that it brings you, then it's probably a smart decision to step away and like reevaluate. So that's really noble of you and like an incredible like thought to have and to mm -hmm. make and to be disciplined enough to actually do it and not just stick with those extrinsic motivators. So Props to you for that. And, <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad he came back, dude. I was like, I was like, let me try this one more time. And it was just, you know, I got the feeling again. And so, you know, I decided, you know, really just think about what makes you happy and then do that. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Well, thanks for coming on. This has been really fun and cool to reconnect and talk through stuff, which we haven't really been able to talk yeah, through in a while. Dude, so like it's three been, years. It's been, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. But um, yeah, and you've done a lot of really cool stuff and seems like you're happy with where you are and where you're going which i mean when you break life down those are two of the best things to have so yeah. i'm really happy for you thanks man cheers man thanks for coming on and yeah until next time yep